If you would, to one verse, First Timothy, chapter First Timothy, chapter one, verse four. Now, don't be deceived. A one-verse sermon does not necessarily mean it'll be short. But I never try to be too long. I mean, uh, Brother Gillespie, I've known Brother Gillespie for many, many years. He always has a favorite saying: "Don't whip a dead horse." And uh, I try not to end preaching with a dead horse. I mean, if you got it, you got it, let's go home. We don't have to keep going over the same thing. But anyways, the question is going to be, and uh, you stick with that verse now. The question is, where is your focus? I pray seriously seeking God's face for two and a half days a week. Ever since I became senior pastor in 1992, I've been two and a half days a week. I pretty much get alone with God at my house. I live out in the middle of nowhere for a reason, so I could be alone. And so my wife had worked most all of her life, 44, 45 years out in the business world. And so I would be home alone. And it was good because I wasn't alone. It was God and I. We got to walk together, talk together, and I'd say, Lord, what do you want to do this week? What do you want to do? I don't want to preach if God's not in it. And I think any honest preacher doesn't want to preach if God's not in it. We want God to come. We want God to speak to you today from heaven. Uh, And I know he will, because I believe if you seek him, you'll find him if you seek him with all your heart. I believe if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. I believe that you just got to have the want to, and God already has the want to, and you put those two things together, there'll be a spark. Like in the Sistine Chapel, you know, the the two fingers touching. There'll be a spark. And there'll be life. And something will happen. And God will come to you and he'll answer you. He will. Where your mind is focused for most of your day matters. On the iPhones now, I don't know about Android... But in the iPhone, they have a monitor that is constantly monitoring how much you use your phone. And you can go to the main page and go left, and it'll tell you how many, how many minutes, hours you've used your phone that day. And it'll hurt your feelings. It'll hurt your feelings. Now, I'm, I'm in old school, right? I'm not, I don't do video games. I don't do video. Life is, you know, life's tough enough. I don't want to make it worse with a video game. So... Uh, I don't need to live in some alternate reality. And so they, um, I don't do video games, don't do any of that kind of stuff, don't spend much time. I use my phone for a tool. It's just like a work tool. It's like a wrench. Brother Irvine used a wrench, power tool. And I looked the other day, and I spent an hour and a half on the phone. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. Do you read your Bible that much? I mean, man, we can spend some time. Where your mind is focused matters. It's like a rudder. 
of a ship. The Bible uses this in the book of James. A little rudder, though it's very, very small in ratio to the whole ship, literally changes the direction of that whole ship. Your focus will change your outlook on your life and on life. Ultimately, whether you're successful or not as a Christian. How big is this sermon this morning? Could be the difference between being successful in the end or not being so successful or even failing. So let's read 1 Timothy 1.4. Neither give heed to fables. And I, like, I want you to circle the word endless genealogies which minister questions. That's the key word of the whole, the whole passage. Rather than godly edifying, because God wants you to do something. He wants you to focus on something that's going to lift you up, going to help you, going to add something to you. Which is in faith. So where is godly edifying? In faith. And he says, which is in faith, so do. I found again in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, speaking about really a false teacher, somebody out of the way, it says he's proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy and strife, railings, evil surmisings, I could add in their divisions, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, destitute of the truth, disposing that somehow, and I added the word somehow, Gain is godliness. Now, it, does it say, uh, you know, win them? Does it say win them? No, it says from such withdraw thyself. Why? Because evil influences good more than good influences evil. I hope you got that down. 2 Timothy 2.23 says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid. So we see, withdraw thyself in one place, avoid, knowing that they do gender, they birth strifes. Titus chapter 3 verse 9 says, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. Why so much written about this? Why? Because you can fall victim to it. What happens when you focus on questions and not answers? I've known quite a few people through the years, sadly to say, people claim the name of Christ, call themselves Christians, Christians and non-Christians both, which are out of focus. They specialize in their lives in questions. They specialize in theories of uncertainty and unsolvable problems. They are constantly theorizing about this or that. They often, to go with that, have somewhat of a conspiracy mentality. And I could add into that, they're on, they're on the Internet too much. You need to get off the internet, shut the computer out, and get out in the dirt and start digging. Plant some. You know what I mean? Right now I'm growing corn. Plant some. The tassels just came up. Knee high by 
the 5th of March. No, yeah, about April 4th. But, uh, one thing that all of these people that get that struggle with questions have in common is they get neutralized for the cause of Christ. The ultimate goal of being concerned with what you don't know more than what you know is that you're going to get neutralized. You're not going to solve the questions. You're not going to solve the, notice the word, endless, endless genealogies. Uh, people that get involved in this oftentimes do not win souls to Christ. That is not their focus. Uh, they do not support mission programs like we had last week here. Or, or, uh, and I'll be honest with you, they really don't support the local church. If it if it'd be up to them, there would be no thing called the local church uh, living and moving and breathing. There would be no buildings built. There would be no buses paid for. There would be no fuel purchased. There would, there would be no uh, Sunday school to happen. There would be no junior church. There would be no uh, school, uh, day school, because... They, they just can't seem to be able to get concrete enough on anything to put their whole weight on it. Man, I'm speaking the truth this morning. Why? They're discouraged. They're discouraged. They're discouraged. They're defeated. Why? Nothing's certain. Nothing's certain. There's a group of people called Arminian by theology, and they believe that you can lose your salvation, get it, lose it, get it, lose it. I feel bad for the folks, partially because they're uncertain. And that uncertainty does not breed stability. It does not breed stability. Now, there's the other group on the other side, Calvin, they're wrong too. So who's right, preacher? It's in the middle. That makes sense because God's balanced, right? And, but you need to have some, and the Bible gives us plenty of certainties, plenty of absolutes that you can nail down in your life and say, I'm going to put my, listen, at 18 years old, when I got right with God, I decided to put my weight, now what, what do I mean by that? Put my potential. I didn't know how long I was going to live. Nobody does. But whatever time that was going to be, I was going to give my potential to God through this book. Basically, I decided I was going to learn what was in this book. Well, there's only one way to learn what's in this book, and that's the hard way. You've got to listen to it or you have to read it. You know, one way or another, you've got to spend time in it. So I decided I'm going to make, I may not know a whole bunch of stuff in life, but I'm going to know something about that book right there and the God of that book. And what was crazy is when you learn about that book and the God of that book, that he lets you learn a whole wealth of other things about this life. A, a lot of times people, they get out of focus and get caught up in uncertainties. Uh, it's not enough that they're uncertain. It's not enough that they question this and question that and wonder this and wonder that. But they want to bring you along with them. They want to discourage you. They want to defeat you. They want to postulate questions instead of helping you 
actually minister doubt rather than faith. Now, remember our verse? Remember our verse, 1 Timothy? Remember that? 1-4? That is in faith, so do. Ding, 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 ding. And these people are never sure of what and how much anything is, and so they struggle. I hate to say it, I could name at least four or five people that have come through Gospel Baptist that are like that. And I followed their life. Some of them already died. And none, they have never, one guy had in my office at one time, and I said, look, you just need to forget all of that, all that doubt and all those questions and all those uncertainties. And how about grabbing a hold of John 3, 16? Do we know that? Do we know that? For God so the world, he gave his only begotten Son, who served believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you know that? And do you know this? And do you know that? And he said, yes, I know that. Yes, I know that. Do you believe this is true? Do you believe Jesus was resurrected from the dead? Yes. All right. Go everywhere you know and tell people Jesus has been resurrected from the dead so they can be saved. You don't need to know a whole lot more than that. Just go for it. See what happens. Rather than going around saying, you, you think uh, this or you think that. I don't want to bring them up because I want to give you any ideas. Sadly to say, I've had to hear them. But no matter how I begged and I reasoned and I proved my point, I showed from the Bible what it said. In the cases that I'm talking about, it didn't do any good. They were paralyzed. They were neutralized. They were polarized. They were sterilized for the cause of Christ. They did not have spiritual children. In fact, it seemed like to me that they wanted to keep people from becoming spiritual children because if they were an example of what a Christian is, I wouldn't want to be one. That's a good statement. Have you ever had anybody like that? You say, whatever happens, man, I don't want to be like that guy. Or are you ladies? You've seen examples in other other ladies that whatever happens, I don't want to be like that. I'll tell you, my wife, for me, was a perfect match that God set up for me. And and she has been such an example to me of being a Christian. Forget her being my wife. She's a human being. And I can tell you this, having watched that girl pretty closely, for 47 years, 48 years now, that she is a real, genuine, down-to-earth, practical, focused Christian. And you know, she hates what I'm doing right now. But I'm telling you, she is. Now, she may backslide tomorrow, but she's been good for 48 years. These people were, these people that get out of focus and and begin to concentrate on what's not certain rather than what's certain, uh, they are energy takers. They are energy wasters. There was this little puppet uh, uh, movie that they made so many years ago. Man, it must have been 35, 40 years ago. It was a puppet movie, these weird-looking little puppets. I don't know why I watched it. If I could tell you that, I'd answer a lot of other questions too, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not concentrating on certainties. But anyways, this, this puppet had the ability, this one real bad puppet, evil puppet, would go to these other puppets and he would touch these other puppets and he'd suck all their energy out and they would begin to emaciate and shrink up and get old and fall down all dried out. And then he would get full and young looking because he had sucked all their energy out of them. I may have seen anything like that. 
You see? God bless you. Y'all see anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Two of us. Under the mouth of two witnesses, the thing can be confirmed, so I'm going to tell you it really happened. My wife even goes like this. I'm like, oh, brother. Surely my son saw that. But you know that's what these people are? You hang around them, they'll just, they'll take all of your energy out of you. And they'll, they'll, they'll consume all of your time. They'll waste your precious words. Listen to what the Bible says about them. 2 Timothy 3, 7 says they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Timothy 3, 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying, denying what? The power. Oh, I believe, I believe in God, I believe in the Bible, but I don't think there's really any power in it. Brother, there's power in it. But they, the characteristic of these false teachers is they say there's no power. And what does it say? From such, turn away. That adds to the avoid and that adds to the withdrawal. So you've been three times warned in the Bible, avoid, withdraw, turn away. How many times? I, I can't help it, but... You know, I'm the kind of person that when I see a little abandoned puppy along the road, I stop traffic, get rear-ended by four or five cars because it was in the middle of a four-lane superhighway, and I run out and I grab the little puppy and put him in my damaged vehicle. But I want to say this, the Bible says, 2 Timothy 2.19, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. They want to say there's questions. They want to say there's doubts. They want to say, I wonder if Jesus is really coming back. It's been a long time since he was on that hill, and he said he was coming back. And that angel in Acts 1.11 said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? The same Jesus, the same Jesus, the same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come, shall so come, shall so come in lightning manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Now, I can tell you this, you can mark it down, he's coming back. They want to they talk about the fringe issues and the things that we, the good godly people may indeed agree on. There are issues in the Bible and, and that, that, that certain godly men will disagree on. We can disagree. We can agree to disagree on the minor stuff because there's 98, 99% of stuff that we are certain about and we're going to spend our concentration, and we're going to spend our time, and we're going to spend our energy on the stuff we know to be true. And we're not going to let that fringe issues and different stuff, we're not even going to let them bother us. Why? Because we're on the winning side. We're going to win. Do you know, I hate, I hate to tell you this because I'm, I'm getting in a... In a Na 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 na. I don't even know what that is. Raise your hand. Na 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 na. Twilight zone. I'm in the twilight zone now. We've already won. We're as good as in the heavenlies with Christ. In God's eyes, He sees time as a, as a picture, a still picture. 
not a flowing. We see it as flowing, but he really sees the beginning and the end. If you see the beginning and the end, you see the whole picture, right? Bible says God knows the beginning and the end. His name is the Alpha and the Omega. So if he sees the beginning and end of this thing, it's not a big surprise that Nick came here and as crazy as Nick was, I mean, as Nick came here and got saved one day. Amen? What a surprise that Brother Ludwig got saved. I didn't know much about you in the background, but he's from Virginia or West Virginia. Virginia, okay. We're winning. These are they. When you when it come to Revelation and that big old crowd, you get to get in that big old crowd. These are they who've won the battle. These are they who stood the test. Clothed in garments pure and spotless. The redeemed, the pure and blessed. I'm going to concentrate on what I know. I'm going to concentrate on what's absolutely certain and time-tested. That's where I'm going to be. Uh, we are to concentrate on the good things of God. First Timothy 1.4, again, going back to your text. The warning at the beginning, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies or minister questions, period. Stop it. Rather, I told you what not to do. Now I'm going to tell you what to do. Paul, under the Holy Spirit here. Concentrate on godly edifying, which is in faith. Something that will build people up. Concentrate on faith, not doubt. Concentrate on confidence, not fear. Concentrate on energy for God, not weakness. Concentrate on action, not indifference. Concentrate on joy, not depression, because the end of the whole thing of being confident is joy. The end of the, end of the whole thing of being uncertain is depression. People say, well, what can you do through a little missions conference and wonder where the money goes and I wonder if they use it right and all that. Listen, we do everything we know to make sure it gets to be where it's supposed to go, but I can guarantee it's probably not a perfect process and I can guarantee you some of the money's probably wasted, but that's not my ultimate responsibility. My ultimate responsibility is to give it to Jesus in his hand and with the people that he's allowed to have. And then by the grace of God, we do due diligence and everything we know to do, but I'm not gonna not give because, some of, because a missionary goes bad. I'm not gonna not give because a preacher goes bad. I'm not gonna not not be part of the God's program because some deacons went bad. I'm not going to be not part of God's local church because some local churches went bad. I'm going to find what's what's I know and what I can be confident in, and I'm going to put my weight on that. Because I can tell you one thing, I'm on a river. And you know, of lately, the bank's going by faster than normal. And you know what that means? The water falls up front. The, the velocity of the water is speeding up. For some of you, your shore looks like a blur. I'm not going to name any names, man. Some of you, the shore's going by like this. You know, when you're 15, 16, you get on the river of life, the shore's not even moving, man. It's going the other way. I want to be 16 so I can drive and have a car and do that, blah, 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 blah. And 
and then you're moving. I just, like I told you a few sermons ago, in sixth grade, I just took my head and put it on my desk like this. I was so depressed, I couldn't even believe it. Why? I had another six years to go. Six years back then seemed like five million years slowly counted out. <clears throat> now six years is like six years. Look at these pictures. I can't even believe it. How'd it happen? But I can tell you one thing. Let me give you a simple how to overcome a negative spirit. How to overcome a conspiracy mentality. How to overcome being out of focus. Believe the Bible. Philippians 4.8. Philippians 4.8. Put it down. Write it down. Put it on your fridge. Put it on your car. Do not look at it while you're driving. But when you stop at a stoplight, look at it. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, what part about that's fuzzy? What part about that fuzzy? Philippians 3, 14, 15, this is Paul's philosophy of life. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. What's that mean? He hasn't finished yet. When he's writing that, he hasn't finished yet. All the great apostle Paul, Jesus appeared to him, taught him probably for three years, and, and sent him out to minister to the Gentiles and show him what great things he must suffer for. Yes. But even all of those gifts that Paul had, the gifts to do miracles, the gifts to to be able to speak any language, to speak literally and anybody to understand him in any language. The gifts, unbelievable, phenomenal gifts. So he had those things. You don't see one ounce of arrogance in him. Not one ounce of arrogance. His philosophy of life, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Does that sound like focus to you? This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He had a lot of bad things to forget. I bet he had more bad things to forget than you, you do. I can't forget, preacher. I bet he had more things to forget than you do. You, can, you may not be able to totally forget, but you can give it a college try. Sometimes I have bad memories, bad things in my past uh, before 18, you know, though, that happened in my life, and they go through my mind. And sometimes I'll stop by myself and I'll say, In the name of Jesus, and because of the shed blood given for me, I denounce those memories. They'll come back again, but they don't come back as strong. David said, My sin is ever before me. You're not going to check completely out all that, but you can beat it. Amen. Now that I looked up at those lights there, I can't see anything, but I told you I was on the river. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching unto those things which are before. This is a track run. I ran track. I know you can't believe it, but I ran the 440 and ran the 220. Was no good in either one. And I'm on a correct handing a baton off. My brother did it opposite of the way it really is done. You could tell he hadn't run a lot in his life. 
the one handing the baton is behind the one that gets it. And the, the change-off in a relay race is really where sometimes a race is won or lost. And I was no good, I'm going to tell you that. But I did my best. I reached forth. I reached forth. As I was trying to run to catch that guy before he hit the line there, he couldn't go over. I press toward the mark. That's that finish line. That's that tape they put across. You come around the fourth corner of a 440 dash, and, and you're, you're completely exhausted. You've given everything you, you got in you, and yet you see that line down there about 100 yards, and you give it your just whatever you can muster up to go to that, and you don't see anybody in front of you, which is a surprise, and you can't understand what's wrong with the people that are running with you, why they aren't ahead of you. And this happened to me one time. And I just kept running thinking, is this what winning is like? And, and, I, and I gave it up. My last, my coach, my coach was so shocked that he was in front of the, of the running going, run, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I, and I put my chest out and gave it my best shot and reached forth and strained with everything I had and broke the tape and won the race. And that's what I want to do for God. I'm not confident that I'm going to win, but he says I can win. And so I have confidence in what he says, not what I feel. You with me? Sometimes the devil whispers in my ear, does he yours? You're not going to win. Anybody, I have to believe him. I know I'm not very good. I'm not very good. And the Holy Spirit says, I am. I am. With me, you can do all things. I can do all things with Christ who strengthened me. And some of the verses that I was willing to put in my mind and God allowed me to have begin to come back and contradict the negativity, the questions, the, the uh, constant uh, uncertainties that the devil wants to live on and wants to feed you and wants to make you feel like, oh, it's not worth the race. But it's worth the race. Reach forth. Put your chest out. Close your eyes. Go out. Go for it all you got. I press to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I think there's a lot of reasons to be discouraged. I think there's a lot of reasons in life to despair. I think there's reasons to be out of focus. But I don't think you have to be. I don't think you have. I think you choose to be. I don't want to live a life like that. You can live on that side if you want. I don't want to live there. I'm going to live on the side of the promises of the Word of God. I want to choose the good, the solid, the real, the eternal. If you had to rate yourself on a 1 to 10 scale this morning, how would you rate yourself? I believe God is the difference. I believe God is the catalyst. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God will let the thing get dim. He'll let it get a little scary sometimes just to see kind of where you're at. But I'm telling you, the darker the night, the more I cry out to God. How about you? I was thinking when I was 
going over this and over this and over this of some dark times I've had in my life. Sometimes God will withdraw from me just to see what you do. Where do you go when you think God's abandoned you? Where do you go? You know where to go, don't you? You just go back to him and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And you go back to, bless the Lord, O my soul. All those within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all these benefits. Start going over the benefits. Redeemeth. He healeth all thy diseases. He forgiveth all thine iniquities. He redeemeth thy life from destruction. How many close calls you didn't know you missed? He crowneth me with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfieth my mouth with good things so that my strength is renewed as the eagles. And I have under I understand that passage because my strength has been renewed as the eagles. I remember when I went into Dr. Crabb's office, he first came here, I was shot. I was at the end of my rope, the end of my energy, the end of my world. Gout had basically pinned me to the ground. It had been getting worse progressively. Now I was just having gout attack attached to gout attack attached to gout attack. You saw me in crutches. I was getting ready for the wheelchair. I have a wheelchair at home. And I said, well, I'm going to have to go to wheelchair. I'm, I, I'm not going to be able to be able to function and move around anymore. I went into brother, I remember I went into your office that day and just cried like a baby. I sat in his office. I didn't even know what to say. I just cried. I wasn't blaming God. It was God doing it. God allowing it to happen. To see where Bill would go. And praise the Lord, there was deliverance. There was deliverance. And I haven't had a bad gut attack for years. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not suspicious or superstitious, you understand. I don't know how long ago that was. But a while ago. Brother, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. As a born-again Christian, how much more could he do than that he has already done? I hope you learn to focus on that which is in faith and stay away from doubt. Father, help us. Pray that the Spirit of God would come this morning Please use these words from the Bible to help some folks in their struggle. Because there are some struggles here, no doubt. Thank you for having mercy upon us over and over and over again. You're a God of mercy, as our brother's speaking about. We pray that there be some in this room who say, Brother Bill, I'm at the end of my line. I'm at the end of my rope. There could even be people in this room who say, Brother Bill, I thought about ending it all. Oh, don't do it, don't do it. We can help introduce you to the God of all that is. Father, save some folks this morning.
Maybe they've never confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God who resurrected the third day. Why don't they come today and say, yes, I want this salvation pure and free. We pray that you'd come now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.